Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Across the Dinerverse, searching for the heart and soul of America one diner at a time. How you doing? I'm John Murphy, writer and producer on the TV series Innovation Nation, which airs Saturday mornings on CBS, and now I also crisscross the country talking to people over Eggs Benedict, uh, Hush Puppies, Skirt Steaks about their lives, their issues, their hang-ups, their outrages, basically to show that we're more connected than we might think on a human level, and definitely more similar than we are different. A big shout-out this week to Jody Circus in St. Louis, Missouri, who wrote to tell me, you've got to come down to St. Louis soon and do a podcast from one of the courtesy diners down here. They've closed one down, and the other two may not be far behind. Been around since 1935, known for their slinger breakfast, which is two eggs, hash browns, a hamburger patty covered in chili, and toast for eight bucks and a quarter. All right, Jody. Well, thanks for the note. I hope I can get down there soon. And as always, you can hit me up or follow me on my socials. On Twitter, it's at Murphy Producer or at The Dinerverse. On Instagram, it's simply Murphy Producer, all one word. And on Facebook, search Across the Dinerverse. Again, all one word. Also, thank you to Donna Bell and Karen Smith for becoming the latest patrons of this little podcast. If you'd like to make a small contribution towards the goal that I've talked about before of recording at least one podcast from all 50 states, please visit my Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Dinerverse. Now, this week's episode originates from Yankee Doodles in Alpine, Wyoming. Yes, there's the theme song right there. Okay, there it is. Yeah, the place where I got the idea, actually, to do this whole podcast. I was on vacation with my family visiting Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Park, and we stopped to have breakfast at this ultra-patriotic diner called Yankee Doodles. And the place had a radically different vibe than any other diner I had been in before. I mean, there's a sign right when you walk in that reads, Lawfully Concealed Weapons, Welcome on the Premises. Please keep weapons holstered. If need arises, judicious marksmanship is appreciated. I just thought to myself, there are so many places in America right now where this would not fly at all. But in Alpine and probably most of Wyoming, they wear it like a badge of honor. And I thought, there's something to this. I wonder how people think and feel in other diners in other parts of the country. And that's how Across the Dinerverse was born. On a serious note, we all know mass shootings in America have got us all wondering, just what in the hell is going on? Are we having a national mental breakdown? I mean, many point to COVID, lockdowns, and isolation has one of the reasons. But going back to 2009, the CDC reports there have been 299 mass shootings in America, leaving 1,678 people dead and 1,087 people wounded or injured. And two-thirds of them involved shooters with a history of or were directly related to domestic violence. Obviously, something is very wrong. We're killing our own in huge numbers, which begs the question, are the number of guns and the relative ease of acquiring them the problem? Or is it solely the behavior and responsibility of the individuals who commit these mass shootings? So I wanted to go back to Yankee Doodles and get the pulse of the people who live and work in Wyoming about this issue. 
And I also learned long-held beliefs are being challenged by a new wave of immigrants into the state. Billionaires. That's right, with a B. Billionaires. So my very first question to Yankee Doodle's owner, Alicia, was if the sign by the front door allowing guns into the restaurant was actually kind of a joke or was it a real invitation? Uh, that's pretty much real. <laughs> pretty much Around real. Here, yeah. You find a lot of your customers come in. Uh, oh yeah, they have guns on their sides and. Yeah. Yeah, we all own guns. All of us that work here. I understand Wyoming is the number one state in America that has more guns per capita than any other state in the United really? States. I didn't know that. Wow. It's like over 136,000 guns in a state with only 525,000 people. Oh, I'm sure everybody has a lot of guns. <laughs> yeah. And you own a gun. Oh, yeah. I own a few. Are yeah. you a good shooter? Sometimes. Good marksman? Not so good with pistol, but rifle, yes, I can hit. And what kind of rifle do you shoot? Oh, 22 shotguns, 30-30s. Do you go hunting every year? No. Tell me about Alpine. What's it all about? What's the vibe here? I don't know. Everybody's just so nice, and even the rich people are really sweet people. Now, there are a lot of really rich people yes. in this area because you're just south of Jackson Hole, Wyoming, in Teton County, which... Everybody's been joking, the billionaires are moving out all the millionaires. Yes, forever. Forever. <laughs> yes. And do you, is there a lot of wealth around Yankee Doodles Cafe? Yes. And what do the patrons that come here to Yankee Doodles say about the restaurant and its Americana theme? Oh, they, they love the decor. Just... Does anybody like challenge you on you know letting guns on the premises? People visiting from New York or San Francisco? No, they just walk out the door. How often have you seen that? Quite a few times. They don't explain themselves. They nope, just turn they around just and walk turn out. around and walk out. Are there big discussions or arguments that happen here over this issue or other issues? Sometimes with the local boys and people. So obviously hunting is a big thing here. Yes. The sense of independence, the sense of taking care of your own, the sense of protecting your property. You have a lot of ranching here, so guns are needed to protect from wolves and wildlife, attacking cattle and things like that. Now, when something tragic happens, like a mass shooting, people die, children die, What's the? how do you feel? You know, What's your reaction to that? I wish everybody could carry a gun just to protect themselves. Do you feel people should be registered with their firearms? Everybody should be registered? I don't know. In Wyoming, you can do concealed carry without being, have a license. Really? If you're from the state of Wyoming. So yes. if you live in the state of Wyoming, mm -hmm. you don't need a permit to walk in anywhere with a gun. Right, unless it says no guns allowed, you know. How do you feel about a weapon like an AR-15, an automatic weapon, a military-style weapon? How do you feel about that? I, I mean, it's one thing to have a shotgun. I or have a one. You have one? Yeah, I have one. I, so I guess you feel pretty good about an <laughs> yeah. AR-15. Yeah. What's your reason for having one? For protection in case war breaks out. Or Do you really feel war is going to break out in America? I don't America? know. I just don't know what the heck's going on with this country. <laughs> it's a mess. If you could change anything about America, what would that be? I don't know how to voice my opinion because I'm used to not saying anything. <laughs> People are always trying to change things. Like they'll move here. And they want to change the laws and different stuff. Wyoming you know? is have a, has a lot of people moving in here, as you say, billionaires, you mm -hmm. know, big high-tech people. And they want to change it. And they want to change it to, like, where they're from. Uh-huh. So people from the coasts, New yep. York, San Francisco, Los Angeles, they're coming here, but they're also bringing their political leanings here. Yes. And yes. that's what you don't like. Right. Do you think it's possible some of their ideas and thoughts that they're bringing from the outside are good some of them are which ones do you like i, I don't know i'm not a big city girl <laughs> i really am not you want to keep alpine small and quaint yes 
I'd like to point out Alicia not only owns Yankee Doodles, she's also the hostess and the main server as well, working nearly every table all by herself. So hats off to that fine lady. And one of her regulars, Tim, who runs the Box Y Lodge way up in the backcountry, shared a story about Yankee Doodles' previous owner. The past owners of this place, Gary always wore a handgun, exposed, and it was, it was a unique weapon. It was a red, white, and blue pistol. And my daughter asked me one time, Dad, why does Gary wear that gun all the time? And I said, have you ever heard of Yankee Doodles being robbed? <laughs> and that was the end of the story. <laughs> right, right. Obviously, Wyoming, a big state for hunting. Obviously, weapons are used to protect cattle. So there's a real need for it in a wild place like Wyoming. What do you think about people on the East Coast, New York? We got to have more gun laws. We got to restrict these firearms. We have to restrict AR-15s. It's a dangerous weapon. Why would anybody need to have one? You know, what's your take from your perspective on that? Well. The, the number one thing is guns don't kill people. People kill people. Now, I wanted to get some other input on this Guns in America topic, and I threw it out on the Wisdom app, which is a platform where people share thoughts and opinions with voice messages. And I heard from Desiree in upstate New York, and she's ex-military. I do not think that anyone should just be walking around with them, of course, because there's a lot of people out there that are very irresponsible. I get if you have your weapon in your vehicle because you're going to go hunting or do something like that, but to have a handgun on you 24-7, not being a, not being a police officer or somebody that's, you know, uh, within the law or whatever, I just, I don't, I don't condone that. I don't think that's right. But I also don't think that people should have to give up all their weapons because some people are irresponsible. Back at Yankee Doodles, I asked him if requiring people to be trained and certified to own most firearms would be a problem in Wyoming. Well, I'd have no problem with that, but in most states, to get a permit to carry something concealed, you do have to go to a sheriff or someone to get that permit. Usually it's a sheriff's department that issues those. Most states, you'll have to tell them why you want to carry concealed uh, you're going to run money to the bank or you're in a job where you could get in trouble. Mm-hmm. In Wyoming, if you want to carry concealed, the sheriff has to have a reason not to give it to you. You don't have to have a reason to want it. And this whole fight over the Second Amendment, the reason they're trying to change that, they keep saying, no, no, no. But this is why people come to this country. It's safer than any other place in the world. The United States is. And we can carry weapons and own weapons some municipalities have different rules, right. regulations. You're a little limited. But that's why people come here. It's because we're free. On January 7th of this year, a 25-year-old teacher at Richneck Elementary School in Newport News, Virginia, was shot in the hand and chest by one of her first-grade students. The biggest problem in this country, we don't, the statistics in the UK for crime is zero for guns. Why is it so bad? Why is there a seven-year-old with a bloody gun? Come on, think about it. Let's do something. We've got a new governor now. Let's do something. Let's change it. You've got a beautiful country. You've got beautiful people. But what's the problem? Guns. How does a seven-year-old have a gun? That's what I'm pissed off with. I'm only here because my husband's in the military. Or otherwise, I would not have chosen to come to this country. I followed up with Tim and I asked him if banning certain kinds of guns like the AR-15 could make any difference in the number of shootings in America. 
and as far as like you said, AR-15s for a long time are called black guns. Whatever you want to do, every gun that everybody carries originated from the military. AR-15s are nothing but progress. That's all they are. But is it a weapon of war that a common person needs to have in their apartment in town? No, it's not a weapon of war. Like I said, it's just advancement in firearms. I'll give you my story. So I grew up a state over in Nebraska. Mm -hmm. My dad was a big pheasant hunter. My dad loved old Western antique guns. Most of them were twenty twos, the Winchester rifles and stuff like that. We had them in the house. He took me hunting. It didn't connect with me, so I'm not a hunter. I'm not a gun owner and that type of thing. I don't have a problem with people owning guns at all. I totally support the Second Amendment. But part of me does think, geez, does the average person need a a high-powered AR-15 weapon in their closet? Do we really need that? And if they do, I don't see a problem in somebody going having to be really trained and get a certificate of training to carry and own a, a weapon like that. Is that reasonable? or does well, that, It is, but you got to remember, the weapons that are used in the military are not available to the general public. Fully automatic weapons, things like that, that they use in the military, you can get a special permit. It's hard to get, and you can buy a fully automatic weapon. It's going to be extremely expensive. Right. Probably around twenty to thirty thousand dollars for one weapon, and all you can do with that is take it to a certified rifle range and fire it. That's it. Okay. The ARs that people are carrying, the the most common caliber is a two twenty three. Everybody thinks they're these big monster guns. They're not even legal in Wyoming to hunt elk with. They're not high powered rifles. They used in World War One is the most common used caliber. In the United States, it's called a thirty odd six. Right, I've heard of it. It's that. a thirty caliber bullet. That's where the thirty comes from. Odd six was the year it was invented, and that is probably twice the power, twice the energy, is what you call it, as the modern AR. Is that right? Yes, AR is what the military come up with. More people friendly, wasn't as much recoil, but it's it's they're not high powered like everybody thinks. They're not. So even in the state of Wyoming, you can't use one of those to shoot elk. Fully automatic? Absolutely not. No, even a semi-automatic one, 223, it's not big enough. Interesting. It's not a big enough caliber to hunt elk with. So I mean, could, could somebody bring an AR-15 in here? Yeah. In Wyoming, unless you're a felon or have something against you, you can carry an exposed gun anywhere. You can go in a store with it. You can come in this cafe with it. You see them quite often in here. People walk in with guns. Now, if they're going to bring an AR in here, they're bringing it to show and tell. Yeah, it's a Coffee show. guy's it's a show. got a new gun. They want to show it to everybody. Yeah. And you'll see them laying on the tables in here because they want to show it to somebody. But in Wyoming, I believe, it, well, it's nationwide. You can't carry a gun in a, in a bar, in a bank, in a school, in a federal building. But other than that, you can carry, a, unless you're a felon or something. Hmm. And in Wyoming, you don't need a permit unless you want to carry it concealed. Is there any background checks here in Wyoming when you buy a gun like that or any gun? Yeah, there's background checks in everywhere. So that's you got to fill out paperwork. They send it in while you're standing there to see if you can buy that weapon or not. And it used to be they sent it in, now with the modern age of computers and everything. They run it. Right there. Right there and wait. It takes about five or ten minutes, and they're doing a background check on you. So there's a national database of people who have been convicted, have a felony record or something like that with firearms or whatever. Yep. You go in a store and buy a gun, that is registered to your name forever. Now, you can sell it as an individual, like in Wyoming. I could sell one to you that I bought in this gun store. We don't have to do paperwork. But if that gun was used in something, 
a crime, my name's going to show up on it because I'm the one who and bought it come at the back store. And ask you what happened? To who it. did you? What happened to that gun? Who did you sell it to? Was it stolen? Did you sell it? Who did you sell it to? Do you have liability in that area? No. What's no. your reaction when you turn on the news and you see a mass shooting story, which there have been many, many in the last few years here in this country? Right. And of course, one of the lead things is the person just went into the store the day before, bought it, and then they used it in this mass shooting where there's a terrible tragedy. We have to stop this. What's your reaction to that, that side of that argument? Most of the people you hear have had some issue. People knew about it. A lot of times the FBI have them on their list, which they got probably millions of people on that list. They may have talked about it on social media. Exactly. There's, there's red flags. Yeah. Now, they're probably getting a 1,000 of them every hour. They can't check them all out. But I do think that's a problem, that they're not investigating some of these as thoroughly as they should. There's been a lot of discussion about people who are pro-gun, pro-Second you know, Second Amendment to the hilt, that they're just not educated enough. They just don't see we're in a dangerous, volatile, violent situation in our cities. And the people out here in the, in the outer outlying areas in the rural communities just don't understand. You don't get it. You're not smart enough to, to figure it out. I, I don't know. I, so just, I, think it takes, I think it takes a hell of a lot of smarts to run a, a ranch. You may not be a Harvard-educated guy, but it takes a lot of just chutzpah and smarts and stick to to survive in a wild place like Wyoming and make a living doing it. It is. And w when you get somebody that's not around this kind of lifestyle, it's no different than me going into a city and don't understand why nobody will wave or say hi to me. And you talk to people. Hi, how are you today? No matter who it is. If you run into somebody on the sidewalk or in this cafe, how, how are you doing? And in the city, they don't do that. They're not as friendly like that. Still good people out there. Don't get me wrong. But they can't understand how we live. Uh, this part of the West, uh, we deal with a lot of huge predators, natural predator animals, grizzly right. bears, wolves, mountain lions, everything. And across the country, nobody want us, wants us to harvest or manage those animals. They think it's wrong. And we have to to keep everything in check. And what I always say is everything that surrounds our place up there where we live is public land. People from New York City own that just as much as I do, that National Forest land. And they constantly fighting us here on harvesting mainly predators. American public really don't care about harvesting ungulates, deer, elk. They used to protest it. They don't anymore. But mm. don't kill any predators. And my side of that is... Why are they killing cockroaches, rats, and pigeons in New York City? They have a right to be there. Our critters are just bigger. And I don't feel I have a right to go to Central Park and tell them how to manage their rats there. <laughs> so I think the people that live in the area have the most knowledge to manage things in that area. Uh, that's what scares people in this part of the West. People moving here, people are moving more and more to these kind of areas. We broke records again this year for new homes built in this valley in Star Valley. And then people that come here, a lot of them, as soon as they get here, they want to change it to the where they came from. And the they laws. forget. The and laws and yes, the codes and the... All that. Whatever. And they forget that's why they left there. So native <laughs> Wyomingites, seeing this huge influx now of people from different parts of the country, mainly bigger cities, wealthier cities, could they be bringing in some good ideas that could help Wyoming? Absolutely. Anybody can have a good idea. Absolutely, for sure. But... When they want to change it to the way it was where they come from right when they first get here, instead of sitting back for a while. And a lot of people don't like tourists. 
That's just the way it is. Unfortunately, some people get killed by grizzly bears. Most of it happens in Yellowstone Park or right close to Yellowstone Park. And the phrase in Wyoming is, well, yeah, they got another tourist. We're never going to run out of tourists, but we might run out of grizzly bears. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. Tim, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you for your wonderful insight. Thank you for your openness and honesty. I really appreciate it. And welcome to the Dinerverse. Exactly. It's a great place. And thank you for your time to do something like this, to get people's voice out there. It's great. It's great. Now, I pretty much figured out everybody having breakfast at Yankee Doodles were proud gun owners, and I was right. Good morning, sir. What is your name? My name is Sean. Hi, Sean. What's your story? Oh, uh, third generation here in uh, Jackson, Wyoming, and uh, the Alpine area. Uh, my kids that are now two and five will be fourth generation, and uh, I run an outdoor company here out of the Alpine area. And what kind of outdoor, what does that mean you run an outdoor company? Um, we carry our own FFL, which stands for Federal Firearms License. So we build and, and manufacture some, some custom weapons. We're not just like a regular gun store where you walk in and can uh, purchase a weapon and walk out the door, and then you have to learn how to shoot it, sight it in, everything else. We start from the ground up, selecting the correct rifle or weapon for that client. Um, we actually build it, get the correct optics for it, um, put it together. Um, if we need to, we will actually make custom bolts for it to make it as accurate as possible. We'll actually go out and sight that weapon in, build a custom case, um, when that customer picks it up, he'll have a target with my signature on it, verified, sighted in at whatever range he wants it. So this is a customized firearm for a specific hunter to be used for a specific game? Yes, sir. And How expensive do your rifles get, or whatever the weapon is? We've sold them anywhere from a you know a thousand on up to about five thousand because they come in their own custom case and they airport approved and ready to ready to put on a plane and fly out. There's been a lot of talk now about the mental stability of people, and there's no database for that, is there? Um, If you have been committed to any kind of institution for mental health, that does show up on your records. If you've been charged with aggravated assault, if you've been charged with any type of felony, whether it's... uh, Simply charged or proven guilty? Proven guilty. If you've been proven guilty, even if it's a nonviolent felony... Um, that renders your ability to purchase a firearm much more difficult. Yes. Much, even in Wyoming. Yes. Well, it's a federal thing, as you, you say. You literally have to contest and get your felony removed before you can purchase a firearm. Have there been any mass shootings in Wyoming? There has been some shootings, but most of them, I think, are on the eastern side of the state. But nothing as far as the mass level that we've seen in some of our larger cities and whatnot. All right, so I went to uh, look that up and research that. Uh, The last mass shooting in Wyoming happened in Cheyenne on October 16th, 2019. A man shot and killed two adults and wounded two male children. Before that, in 2011, in Wheatland, Wyoming, a father shot and killed his own three sons, his brother, and wounded his wife. She claims he got angry because she wouldn't close the curtains in the living room. Can you share with me your experience? You said you were a third-generation person born and raised from your family in this area. What was your experience as a child with your 
parents learning about guns, learning how to fire a firearm, maintain one, the safety instruction, what you did as a young man. Tell me about that journey. You know, like most uh, country kids, um, I grew up and pretty much everybody's first weapon was a twenty-two. Even be- a pistol or a rifle? Uh, mine was a rifle. It was a single shot, and I never got to see that weapon until it was time to go practice with it. I would go with my father and my grandfather, and when we got there, he'd set it out, and he would not let me touch it until we were ready to use it. And he was the first one that was starting to teach me about um, barrel safety, function of the weapon, how to clean it. Right off the bat, there was tremendous respect for the weapon and how dangerous it could potentially be if it handled incorrectly. Yes. I mean, that's the first and foremost. And we even do that when we turn a new weapon over to clients now. We go over every single safety feature that that weapon has. Mm Mm-hmm. But when we started getting older, you know, I pretty much knew hunter safety before they even, even I was old enough to take the class. The instructor looked at me and he was like, have you been hunting before? I was like, I've been hunting with my father and my grandfather since I could barely walk. And it's not just about the weapon, it's about the proper treatment and the respect for that animal that you're harvesting. You know, and everybody thinks that uh, we're just going out there and, and shooting something to shoot something. You know, we don't call it killing we don't call it shooting we call it harvesting because you know part of hunting is conservation and we harvest that animal because we take it home we process it and you know it feeds our family if we're lucky enough we have enough to share with other families that are you talking about like an elk yes what's the average size of an elk that you would bag Mm, five, six hundred pounds. And how much meat out of that weight would you use? You usually render about um, three fifty, four hundred. You know. And what do you do with the rest of the of the elk? The hides are usually donated to a company that uses them to make gloves. The bones are uh, disposed of. And you hunt the elk on the elk's terms, right? It's not on a on a locked-in, fenced-in kind of range where they can't run away. You have to track them up in the mountains. Yes. I mean, it's not like some folks see these uh, Texas high-fence ranches where they just drive you around and let you pick pick an animal out. Um, there are no high-fence ran- ranches out here in the, in the Jackson Alpine area. And folks from all over the world will tell you when you come out here you know you're starting it off at the bottom down here at over six thousand feet and the elk they like it up in the high country did you hunt when you were in high school yes we used to go hunting in in the mornings and in the afternoons and we usually have a a rifle and a shotgun hanging in the back window of the truck and um parked at school parked at school we used to get to wear our hats and we could you know have a have a pocket knife on our belt and uh you weren't allowed to bring the weapon inside the school, no, though, were you? No. In your opinion, what has shifted in this country towards guns, the feeling about guns, the big push to regulate them or even completely eliminate them in some instances? What is your opinion on what's going on today? The problem with uh, all of the illegal gun sales, you really can't stop them. If a criminal wants to break into your house, he's going to break into your house, whether it's with a hammer, a crowbar, a, a weapon. And if somebody wants to do harm to somebody, it's 
going to be with a weapon. I mean, these criminals aren't buying weapons from the gun store. They're buying them in the back alleys and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And yes, there does need to be regulations. But to disarm the law-abiding citizen of his right to protect himself from a criminal that's already broken the law by acquiring that weapon, it's, pretty, it's a pretty tough argument. And it's a very heated argument. And everybody has their right to have their opinion, but at the end of the day, every person has the right to protect themselves. You said you're a father, right? Yes, I am. How many children? Two. And what are their ages? I have a girl that will be five next month, and my son will be two in March. When you see a story like Sandy Hook or Parkland shooting, where there's children involved, innocent people at a Walmart, you know, an, an active shooter, mass shootings, a lot of them are happening in America. As a parent, what's your response? As a man who's in the business of making and selling guns with a federal firearms license, there's a lot of probably emotional things that are going on when you see these mass shootings all over the news. You know, what's your take on that? It pretty much breaks my heart every, every time. Mm-hmm. But there has been cases of everybody can call it what they would like, but the good guy with the gun. If there was somebody there to stop them, then maybe somebody else's life could be saved. So it's, it's very difficult for me because it just breaks my heart every time. And I think there should be a police officer at every school because I had a dare officer when I was in school. They should be armed. It's like seeing the highway patrol on the side of the road. You're, you're probably not going to go speeding past him. It's not necessarily the enforcement standpoint. It's the deterrent standpoint. Mm-hmm. You look at a lot of these big cities that do have guns pretty much banned. They've basically disarmed the public from protecting themselves. Wyoming carry and concealed permits are reciprocated in about 40 states. And you look at the states that they're not really reciprocated in, like California and New York and whatnot, that's where a lot of these high-rate crimes are. Does your wife have a gun? My wife is from Texas. She will say that she is a better shot than I am. And so obviously you two are going to teach your kids how to use firearms? Yes. With respect? Yes. So you've lived here all your life. You see a lot of people from outside of Wyoming coming here. Moving here, tourist, of course, is a big business. I'm sure you have clients that are outside of the state. You know, what's your take on Americans who view this as maybe kind of, you know, an outlier area that they just don't understand what's really happening in America? America's in a violent gun crisis situation. And yeah, they live out in the wild where there's not a lot of people, so guns are okay. But really, overall for the country, guns should be really severely restricted. Well, that's why they're moving out here from from their big cities, because they want to be somewhere that's safer. A lot of them purchase a weapon, because they can, and they've seen what happens in those big cities where those restrictions are. Thank you so very much for your time, man. I really appreciate your thoughts and your comments, and uh, be safe out there, okay? Thank you, sir. Alpine, Wyoming is just 36 miles south of Jackson Hole, Wyoming. The millionaires, poor millionaires, are being forced out by the billionaires. Come to town in their fleet of private jets to enjoy everything the rugged country has to offer. It's a boom for business, but it comes with a high cost to the locals who have lived there for years. Now this is Adam, a single father in his mid-30s trying to raise a daughter 
and give her the best life possible. Now, even the people that have been here since the millennium, since 2005, 2010, I mean, a lot of them will even tell you just how much this area has changed even in those um, those years. And um, you Changed know, so, for the better or for the worse? I mean, I, I guess that depends on who you're talking to. You know, a lot of people love... I'm talking except, to Adam, in your opinion. In Adam. my opinion. In my opinion, I wish I could still afford to live in Jackson. I love the town that I grew up in, but it's just... It so that's no joke. Sense. Billionaires are pushing even out the millionaires. Uh, 100%. I have a good friend of mine who does a bunch of caretaking for a billionaire elites in Jackson. People that own businesses that you would never think of, and these people come here to escape. And these are people that are just multi-billionaires, um, you know, that are involved in things like Google and eBay and Facebook. And he just caretakes for all of these super elite people that use their house probably two to three weeks out of the year and it's a five to ten million dollar house and and then they're gone and it drives up property rates oh like crazy. and values all around yeah the area and unfortunately unlike california where i live right your property tax base moves directly with the increase in the property value Correct. like for example where i live in california i bought my house in 1999 Right. I paid X amount of dollars. Right. I paid property taxes based on that 1999 purchase price. Right. My house is worth a hell of a lot more now than it was back in 1999, but I'm still based on that original purchase price. Right. That's not the case here in Wyoming, is it? Uh, no. It's no. Not so every year it goes up, your property taxes go up. Well, and that was one of the crazy things. My parents had a really nice place up at the Snake River, and they lived on five acres. They had a um, they had a nice big house, and um, they built it. They saved for it. This is their dream house? Yeah. Yeah, this is exactly what they wanted to live in. They wanted to spend the rest of their lives in it. It just kind of became unaffordable. Their property taxes is kind of what skyrocketed. The year that they left, I think their property taxes were like... Twenty to twenty-five thousand dollars a year. They sold their house. It was it was a really nice place. They sold their house for four point eight million dollars during COVID. What was crazy about it is is that it sold in five days. This guy who flew his family from all over the country in to see their house, and it got into this big bidding war, and then it ended up selling. These people relisted the house the beginning of this summer. Let's call it June of twenty twenty-two. Twenty twenty-two for 8.4 million dollars so they flipped it within a year and a half and doubled the price they yep so what you're saying is these elites come into a small community resort area like jackson hole wyoming or even alpine here right and they have their money they can do whatever they want they buy whatever they want they inflate property values average working people can't afford to live here they have to move farther and farther away Mm -hmm. but they're not passionate about this area they don't care about the area enough to live here year-round they're just tax benefits for them tax whatever it is they're not invested in the community or the best or what's best for the community I know people that live in our surrounding areas, and everything in Wyoming is like an hour away, basically. Um, I know people that will live in Idaho Falls, which is an hour and a half away from Jackson, and they will drive to Jackson weekly to work. I know people that live in Pinedale, which is just over an hour, and they will drive um, all the way to Jackson just to make money. The, The money is in Jackson, which is great. You know, Jackson's a big tourist town. Jackson gets 3 million people a summer that travel through to go to... Grand Teton National Park in Yellowstone. But the problem is, 
is, is that everybody has to travel and commute. And when you live in a big winter town like we do, it makes it dangerous for a lot of people. You know, especially when it comes to driving like Teton Pass or Snake River Canyon or the Hoback Canyon. And a lot of people that work in Jackson. Can't afford to live there. Can't afford to live there. So they're, you know, they're driving in from over an hour away. And I'm not talking like an hour worth of traffic. You know, bumper to bumper traffic, like Just distance. what California does. I'm talking 50, 60 miles in one direction just to get to work. You know, per- they're driving 100 miles in one direction to get to work. Per day? Per day. Are you resentful? Yeah, part of me is. I mean, obviously, tourism and big money people coming into town is good for business. Right. If everybody makes money, I mean, but the, it, there's a cost to it as well. Yeah, I mean, and once again, I, you know, I do profit on it myself too, because once again, I work up in Jackson and I insure a lot of the companies up in Jackson, which is great. You know, people talk about how Jackson has turned into Aspen or Vail, but I think Jackson has just surpassed those places in its own way. Um, it just becomes so much more than that. Do you get a sense that those people, these billionaires that are coming to town, do they have a passion for the area? You know, you run into a lot of them and you talk to a lot of them. And a lot of them are really nice, down-to-earth people. First time I met one of these guys, he was a multi-billionaire. Just more money than the guy will ever be able to spend in a lifetime. He was wearing, like, blue Patagonia shorts, a torn-up pink t-shirt, flip-flops and long shaggy hair and it just kind of surprised me and he was a really nice down-to-earth guy and conversations with him were really great and if i'm not mistaken the guy lived in a twelve thousand square foot house and it had three bedrooms in it <laughs> it's wow it's a little ridiculous wow so you have this great state wyoming half a million people in population and one county where one the one percenters go and yeah. it affects everything. The ripple effects are everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I was talking with my parents about the property taxes, and and they were estimating their property taxes at this point if they would have stayed in their house being over $50,000. A year. A year at this point. Holy crap. You know, low-income housing for people is is what a lot of these big business owners are trying to do so that a lot of their staff can um, live in town. A lot of the people that do work in town are usually foreigners. They're usually 90-dayers. Um, they're, they're people that are here on visas and stuff like that. Um, a lot of Romanians, a lot of Eastern European people. Um, and they come and they work here and um, they make money and they send it back home. I know people that are waiters and waitresses in Jackson that make over $100,000 a year. But still can't afford to live there. Still can't afford to live there. My younger brother was living in an apartment complex, and his studio apartment that he was living in was 475 square feet, and his rent was $2,300 a month. That's like New York City. It's exactly like New York City. Why not move to New York? (laughs) Well, and that was the thing. So there's always these things that you see in the paper, too. There were people that were um, out of Teton Village, which is where our big ski resort is, there were houses for rent, and they were—they weren't even necessarily. They were like condominiums for rent, and two were, bedrooms, two baths. Yeah, they were um, being rented for over ten thousand dollars a month. There, there are houses out there going for twenty-five thousand dollars a month for rent. That's like Malibu, right? In fact, I don't even ski anymore. The last time I went skiing, I went out with my family. There were four of us, and we got hot dogs and a couple of beers for lunch. We each had one beer. Between the four of us, it was like $75. Jeez. 
Just up on the ski resort. God bless America. God bless America. <laughs> <laughs> do you see yourself always living in this area for the rest of your life, or do you think you'll eventually move on and go somewhere else? I would love to live in Jackson again. I just don't ever think I'll be able to afford living in Jackson again. I love living in Alpine now, and I'm only about 35 minutes south of Jackson. Well, I wish you the best of luck, and thank you for being part of the Dinerverse here at Yankee Doodles. John, appreciate it. That wraps up another episode of Across the Dinerverse. A huge thank you to Alicia and everyone at Yankee Doodles in Alpine, Wyoming. If you're hungry, try either the Cowboy or the Cowgirl Country Benedict. You may not have to eat again for a day or two. Trust me on that. Theme music by Keith Brock and the Kings Who Rock. Check him out at keithbrockandthekingswhorock.com. This is Across the Dinerverse, searching for the heart and soul of America, one diner at a time. I'm John Murphy. What's your story?